Hi, this is Dr. Gina Kim, physical therapist, and you are listening to the Medical Necessity Podcast. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Medical Necessity Podcast. And I am pleased to be hosting Dr. Amber Bentley tonight. Uh, Amber Bentley is the Director of Therapy for the Get a Chew Knee Clinic, an outpatient centering offering a holistic approach to treating knee pain and arthritis. This, this allows people to avoid or delay the need for surgery. Amber received her Bachelor's of Science in Biology with honors at Ashland University, while also earning four All-American awards competing as an NCAA Division II runner. She earned her Master's of Education and Doctorate of Physical Therapy from Cleveland State University. And while at CSU, she published several articles for scientific journals. A licensed PT for eight years, she's worked in home health, skilled nursing, and outpatient settings. She's most passionate about geriatrics and is committed to integrating her PT, educational, and athletic backgrounds to both facilitate functional independence for her patients and to educate the community about the benefits of living healthy and active lifestyles. So welcome. Welcome, Amber. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gina, for hosting me. This is very exciting. I know. Uh, and so let's let's talk about why you're here. Um, so what's what's coming up later this month? Absolutely. So Falls Prevention Awareness Week is coming up in the next few weeks. Um, it's a initiative of national campaigns started by um, the National Council on Aging to just bring awareness to uh, falls and fall health and injury prevention, kind of let know people or let folks know that falls are primarily preventable and to encourage adults to be fall free and, and encourage them to be independent. Now, who are the people most at risk for falls? So interesting, uh, there's a lot of research that is surrounded by older adults. Um, so my, my favorite population, geriatric population. Um, and although there's a lot of research that goes around um, our older adults, I was part of a uh, symposium a couple weeks ago, a, a falls symposium, and a uh, researcher presented some really interesting data on middle age falls. So it's an area that people aren't really looking at, um, but pretty much any age group is at risk for falling. It's just a matter of what falls do we consider to be important or detrimental. So when there's an injury, when a life has changed because of a fall, you know, kids fall, uh, middle aged people fall, people fall, but when does a fall change somebody's life? So primarily it is our older adults, but it doesn't kind of negate that other people fall and could, could be injured or, or have a life-changing event because of the fall. Absolutely. And I'm really curious to hear about the, uh, the middle age falls um, being a, in that uh, population myself. Yeah. Uh, so what, what were the findings around that? 
So that particular study, uh, this, this lady uh, was talking about how she got into the research because she had just listened to several of her friends who had had falls and they were happened to be middle-aged women. Mm. And so she started studying that and found that middle-aged folks are, as particularly women, are falling just about as likely as your older adults. And it's linked to mortality. Um, so her research was pretty new. Let me come up with her name. Carrie Ann Carvinen Gutierrez. Pardon me if I pronounce her name incorrectly. Um, but just the middle age, she, like I said, started looking at um, the effects on middle age, particularly women. And is it an indicator of mortality? It does seem to be so. Um, very interestingly, during the symposium, we had a couple EMS um, people who chimed in and were saying how middle aged women are at such a high risk for death, actually, because we don't have financial uh, like nets in place at that point in time of our life. We're not taking care of ourselves as well as we should be because we're typically either caring for kids or for uh, aging parents. And so we're under a lot of stress. We don't, we don't take care of us, ourselves physically as well. And so this is an age group that is missed a lot because we do so much research with our, with our older population, um, but it seems that it's just as detrimental if not, could be even more detrimental because of the prediction of, of future events to happen or even its correlation to mortality. Now, I, my understanding and also from my experience, you know, working, working in hospitals and I've seen the older folks, you know, especially older ladies who fall and break a hip what are, how are middle-aged people breaking themselves when they fall? So tripping downstairs was one example she had given. Um, so, so other falls, the same that our older folks are experiencing, you know, might be environmental hazards, that there's cords or throw rugs that are laying around that need to get picked up um, or the same, you know, to me, why it's so important is physical therapy can help so many areas of, of preventing falls, particularly strength and balance. And so just because you're not older doesn't mean that we don't have strength deficits or balance deficits. Um, so maybe it's just rearing their head in middle age. Um, so they're, they're falling kind of the same way as our older folks are. Um, I would say it's a, it's a lack of strength, a lack of balance, um, environmental hazards could be medications. Um, this might be a place where people are starting to get put on blood pressure medicines or a different kind of, maybe they're taking medicines for uh, depression, anxiety, medications have interactions or they have side effects um, and can result in falls. Um, there was a lot of research done with the nutrition and people who are malnourished are eight times more likely to fall. Really? So, again, wow. This could be another situation where middle-aged women are very busy. They're working, they're caring for other folks, and they don't probably nourish as well as they should. You know, comparing like older folks breaking hips, what, you know, what body parts are, are middle-aged folks breaking? Is, you know, is there yeah, kind of I, a... I, parallel. 
Okay, I don't know that. I don't know that I can speak on that. Um, I would presume it's the same type of injuries that we're seeing in our older folks, whether it's a broken hip or a twisted ankle. You know, as a PT, you're probably familiar with a, a fall onto an outstretched arm. So, boosh, yes, boosh, right? So, we could have wrist injuries, elbow injuries, uh, shoulder injuries. Um, so, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably the same kind of injuries, um, but I can't say for sure. I, I didn't do the actual research. You know, what's really interesting, I've been starting to see. Uh, training for, and this is specifically for older folks on how to fall, how to fall safely. And I'm wondering, it sounds like this could be an intervention, you know, starting for middle-aged people, because, you know, again, speaking for myself, you know, you start to see, um, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit more stiffness, you know, uh, some changes in your mobility and, and so forth. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on, um, you know, maybe, um, you know, putting, putting something like that out in, the community to, to teach people to fall safely. Yeah, I think that's important. Anything we could do to try to help somebody uh, prevent an injury. I think I would say we need to focus more on how to prevent it altogether. Um, a lot of falls are preventable by like the things we just discussed, eating properly, staying strong and, and keeping your balance, um, making sure that your medications are or check for any type of interactions, kind of being aware of the side effects and if they're affecting you in a way that might challenge your balance. Vision is a huge one. So this may be mm. another place, you know, middle age, we start having vision changes. And so, um, you know, as, as we age, our depth perception changes, you might start getting bifocals and different types of, of lenses, you know, for our older folks, cataracts start to set in. Um, so I would say it, it's not a bad idea to teach people how to, I guess, fall safely, or even I do teach a lot of my, my older folks how to do a floor transfer, how to get back up if they have fallen. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for, at least from my perspective, focusing on the prevention to stop it, a fall as much as we can is, is probably the best way to go. And here's, here's why I think it's so fascinating because being being a PT myself and starting to notice some of the changes, you know, that we've been talking about, for instance, with balance and with mobility, um, I've I've noticed that, you know, the single like the single leg balance test and, you know, like a lot of our patients, you know, we have them like balance, balance on one leg, balance on the blue square, you know, balance with their eyes closed. You know, I have noticed even with, um, even with putting on my socks that for instance, my, because of, you know, the, um, what did, what did someone tell me the rewards of leading, leading an active life, you know, where you have a little bit of knee pain, you know, and what have you, that my center of gravity is higher 
than it used to be. And, you know, I've, I've, you know, noticed that, oh, if I change that, oh, it's easier to balance. And that's, um, that's just, uh, just, you know, kind of one observation. Um, it's like, do you, do you notice things like that in your middle-aged clients? You mean that change in center of gravity? Is that what you're asking? Um, changes in mobility, um, in how they, you know, in how they walk and how they get around, you know, and so forth. Uh, I don't know that I have noticed that. I guess I would say people start to be a little bit more hesitant. I would, I would maybe say, you know, like you mentioned, you might be a little bit more cautious about doing something you weren't 20 years ago. Um, I don't know if it's because we are fearful of falling and we know that the the outcome could be much worse than <laughs> we were in our 20s and the recovery could be worse. Um, I can't say that I've noticed my middle-aged people change their balance. Um, I guess maybe just resistance to doing things that really challenge their balance. Um, I do see that definitely in my older population. So my, my older adults, um, definitely you can tell that they've, they've lost writing reactions. That's something that I work on a lot as, as a therapist is helping to retrain writing reactions. Um, they automatically go to a stepping strategy. And so instead of using ankle and hip strategies and kind of their core um, to try to reposition center of gravity once it starts to get outside of your base of support yeah automatically step so they sort of are going to that last result um i see a lot in that in our older patients i don't see it quite as much i guess in middle age um so i'm not i don't know that i can say yes to your your question yeah. Now for the, for the folks at home, for the lay people at home, can you explain a little bit about um, what we're, what we're talking about, you know, the terms that we're using with balance and balance strategies mm-hmm. um, because, and kind of unpack that a little bit for folks. Absolutely. Um, so We stay upright by keeping our center of gravity, which is approximately belly button area, um, over top of our base of support, which would be in between, right center between our two feet, right? And so what happens when we start to lose our balance or kind of pre-falling is our center of gravity or kind of our belly button area starts to get outside of our base of support. We're starting to to transition in a direction that is not underneath our feet anymore. And we have kind of reactions or reflexes that allow you to pull your center of gravity back underneath your feet. Primarily it's core related muscles, right? Our hips, our tummy muscles are gonna help pull that center of gravity back underneath our feet. If those don't work, then we have another line of defense that's called a stepping strategy. So if we can't use our muscles to pull our center of gravity or our belly button area back square underneath our feet, then we take a step to alter our base of support to accommodate 
the change in position of our center of gravity. If that doesn't work, you're gonna fall, you're gonna outstretch a hand, right? Cause you're still transitioning, you're, you're moving, your center of gravity is moving outside of your feet. If your ankle and your hips and your core weren't able to pull you back, you take a step. If the step doesn't work, then likely you're gonna go down. How, you, how that happens can happen in a lot of different ways. Um, you can fall, you know, hit your head, you can fall onto a hip, you can fall onto an arm. Um, but what I was speaking of is I try to retrain those reflexes where your ankles and hips and your core work to get you your center of gravity or your belly button back underneath your feet. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And I also always remember, um, so if someone, if, if you're standing upright and someone comes up to you and gives you just, just a little push, you know, not very hard, um, what, what happens? So if somebody, right, so if somebody gives you a push, then your center of gravity. Like a, like a very light push. Yeah, it's like, like you're, it's like you kind of dip your butt a little bit right. and you tighten your tummy, you to tighten your core. You right. Gotta, yeah. Correct it. You got to resist and, and keep, keep yourself on your feet. Yeah. Instead of if someone comes up and gives you a shove, then you have a very different reaction, which would be what? To take a step. To take a step. Yeah. Or if you're, if you're walking down the street or, walking, uh, walking downstairs, you know, and you get tripped up, you're going to, you're going to take a really big step, you know, to try and write yourself. Right. Yeah. So then when, um, when you're treating people in the clinic, um, well, first of all, let me back up. You have, a middle-aged person at home, middle-aged woman, when should she come and see a physical, when should she go and see a physical therapist? I, again, focus on prevention. And so I think it's a good idea to get folks almost getting a, a yearly checkup. You know, I, I think that we should, we go to our doctors and and have a yearly checkup for our blood work and, you know, kind of to go over how we're feeling in a general sense. I think PT should be incorporated into a yearly checkup, um, you know, to check and see, are you at risk for falling? We have standardized tests that we can run to, you know, put people through and, and it's a very objective way of determining if you're at risk for falling. Um, and even if you're not shown to be at risk for falling by a standardized measure, PTs are, we're musculoskeletal experts, right? So we uh -huh. say, hey, you know, I've noticed that you don't have these writing reactions or you, your, your, your quads seem a little bit weak. So we can get some exercises to make everything balance or maybe your posture is not exactly the way it should be. And so we can work on some exercises to balance you so that your center of gravity, like you mentioned, stays over top of your base of support. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I advocate for kind of a yearly checkup, but if a woman's thinking, hmm, I wonder if I should, you know, get some help, um, are you stuck with 
I know that I haven't been exercising and maybe I do have an old injury, so I don't want to just go to the gym, um, come to a therapist and we can help write you an exercise program that is specific for you and, and the deficits that you have um, to keep you strong and balanced to try to help prevent the falling. Exactly. And you touch on a really good point because someone, um, you know, if someone is a caretaker and, you know, trying to, you know, trying to live their life and do all these things and they, they're not able to do strength training, um, which we know we need to do um, at least twice a week. Um, to keep ourselves, keep our large muscle groups strong. If someone's not able to go to the gym because of their busy lifestyle, this really touches on the point of how people age in America and aging well. And, you know, do you, what thoughts do you have about that? Because I, I automatically think about, you know, you you see someone who's 65 and you can you can kind of tell by looking at them if they are what we call a young 65 or an old 65 and do you care to comment about that absolutely um i think we have to take care of ourselves at all stages of life and you can, like you said, tell somebody who is an older 65 who may be comorbidities, it may be a lack of good nutrition, it may be a lack of adequate hydration, simple as getting enough water. Um, somebody who may be on a lot of medications, maybe even unnecessary ones or undiagnosed illnesses. Maybe they haven't been going to the doctor in general for even their, their yearly primary care checkup. Um, and then, like you mentioned, you have your younger, somebody who comes in who's a young 65. And I think it's one thing, you know, you can tell that they've exercised. You can tell that they are eating healthy. They're getting enough water they're advocates for themselves. Usually my young 65s or even my young 90 year olds that are out there, they take care of themselves. I think from a, a prevention standpoint, they don't let things chronic issues up to a point where, where they have become so hard, they're, they're kind of behind the, the situation um, where people who are the older 65s or older 90 year olds um, probably didn't do as much prevention and just overall wellness taking care of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd like to ask you for the person who has never seen a physical therapist before, you mentioned uh, the yearly checkup, which I think is a great idea. Um, you know, as, as far as prevention, as far as overall wellness, I mean, because, Hey, we're willing to go, um, get massaged. You know, we get, we get pedicures, we get manicures. We take, we take care of ourselves in so many ways that make us feel good. And this is really an opportunity to really make a difference about the quality of our lives people who don't know what we do uh, might be, you know, might be a little intimidated. 
And so what can they expect from like a yearly screening uh, for balance? Sure. Um, so uh, we're going to check vitals. We want to make sure that those are kind of within a, a good parameter. Uh, we're going to do a general strength assessment, um, just checking gross muscles and, and making sure there's nothing that's pops out that's really weak, um, that there's an imbalance. Um, we're going to be checking flexibility, make sure that you have the proper motion. You know, to me, that's always the foundation of things is if you don't have the proper range of motion of a joint. So if, you're, if your knee doesn't bend as much as it should, or it doesn't straighten as much as it should, um, then everything is kind of off balance. Our muscles need to be at the proper length to do their jobs most efficiently. So we need to, so we would check flexibility, make sure you have the proper motion. Um, checking strength, just grow strength and, and seeing if we see any imbalances and then likely doing some, some of those standardized tests that are studied, they're evidence-based um, to indicate some of the ones for balance would be to indicate fall risk. You know, if you can, some of the ones that I use that are, are pretty simple, a 30 second stand test. How many times can you stand up and sit down from a chair in 30 seconds? Pretty simple. And it's, kind of categorized by gender and age. And so whatever that number is, we look at a table and say, okay, you aren't at a fall risk or you are at a fall risk. And how much more functional does it get than sitting and stand? Everybody's got to stand from, from multiple surfaces all day long. And so just, you know, general tests like that, a timed up and go where we time the time it takes for you to stand up from a chair, walk 10 feet, turn around, come back and sit down. Seems like a simple test, but we can see a lot of things as a therapist, you know, um, from a short test like that. And again, it's a standardized measure. So we have an objective table of this would categorize you as a fall risk, this would not. Um, some of the things that you mentioned, maybe a little bit higher level, standing on one leg, putting one foot in front of the other foot, um, you know, tapping, alternating, uh, steps, uh, like a Berg balance test is going to be a little bit more dynamics testing, um, but, but nothing too hard. I don't think, like you said, people get maybe anxious about physical therapy and they think that we're going to, you know, be the terrorists and, and do something <laughs> terrible. Uh, but it's, it's usually pretty simple to me. Physical therapy is very common sense. It's, it's, we're just trying to optimize your body and what you have and look for things that we can improve. Um, but it's all about very holistic and, and functional and, and simple to me. Yeah. And um, so you mentioned the terrorism part, which, yeah. yes, I, I, am not, I am not for the pain and terrorism uh, in PT. Um, so to people who are hearing, oh, we're going to, we're going to test your strength, we're going to to see how you move and things like that. Does that mean we have to, we, you know, I have to lift weights, you know, what, what's, what's going on? How are you going to, how are you going to do these tests? And, you know, is it gonna, is it gonna hurt? And, you know, can you, can you address some of that? Absolutely. Um, so physical therapists were trained on testing muscles just by having you resist us. It's pretty simple. We put you in a, in a position to, uh, that we know that the, the action of a muscle, whether it would be, for example, if you're, you're laying on your back, we could check 
your hip strength by having you just lift your leg up, hold it there. And we just kind of give you some resistance to see if you can and resist the pressure that we're giving you. That's about as hard as it gets for, for some people. Um, I know some physical therapists have a little bit more elaborate ways of testing muscle strength, but at least at our clinic, it's all just manual muscle testing. So pretty simple stuff, pretty easy. It's not, it shouldn't hurt. If it hurts, then, then we found something that probably is saying it needs some help. All right. So I'd like to hear from you, uh, since you're really passionate about geriatrics and the geriatric population, can you tell me about how people's lives change when they fall? Absolutely. Um, so falls are, uh, I'll take it a step back. So falls are both common and very costly. Um, so unfortunately, it's, uh, it's like one in four older adults falls every year and we lose an older adult every 20 minutes to a fall. So it's very devastating. Um, it's common, as, unfortunately. As in someone dies. Every, someone, someone literally dies, dies every yes. 20 minutes. Yes. So we lose 74 older adults every day due to a fall. Rather, that fall resulted in a head injury. Um, you know, you can have a traumatic brain injury. It can result in, in a bleed. So you could have a, a stroke, technically. Um, whether it's a hip fracture that they just don't recover from. Um, so there's, there's lots of things that could happen from a fall and, and we do lose 74 older adults every day in the U S to a fall. Yeah. Um, so ha it, um, help me understand. Okay. Because, um, it's kind of not until you're in the field and you see what happens that you understand someone falls and breaks a hip, you know, why is that such a life-changing event? Um, so it's a lot of things. As we age, it's a little harder to recover. Um, so the healing process is going to take longer. Um, think of if you've, if you've broken a hip and you're going to need somebody to take care of you. So this is going to affect your family members or lack thereof if, in some of our cases. So now they're, they might be in a facility. Um, if they if it's a situation where they aren't healing, then it may, you may lose your independence. They were maybe at home living on their own and now they've fallen and, and broken a hip and they're struggling to recover. They can't do the things that they, they used to do such as as simple as getting in and out of bed or getting out of a chair. Um, now they've lost their independence. If they're not safe, then they have to likely live in a facility. They can't go back home. Um, you know, again, we have to rely on family members to care for us or friends. Um, so that's a huge burden. I always think of pets, you know, you have patients at home that have pets, who's taking care of your pets when you're not there. What happens after that? Now there could be a trip hazard or maybe, you know, the person who's had a fall um, is struggling enough to care for themselves. Now they can't care for their, their four-legged friends. Um, so I guess, is that what you're asking is, is the devastation from a fall such as a hip fracture could change a lot of things. Um, Absolutely. And you mentioned the um, losing of one's independence. I mean, that's, that's huge. 
Um, and I'm also thinking about um, when I used to work in uh, what's called acute care in the hospital, um, people there, I hate to call it a revolving door, but it's kind of a revolving door of someone breaks, someone falls and breaks a hip, comes to the hospital, they get a urinary tract infection, and then they have a change in what's called mental status, like a change in personality, a change in cognition. Um, and, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's devastating in itself. And then, you know, the person then has to go back to, um, you know, um, either assisted living or skilled nursing uh, to recover. I was just kind of curious if, um, if that's something you had seen, uh, you know, a lot. Just UTIs and the change. Um, yes. Yeah. Change um, in mental status. Absolutely. I work with a family, um, privately and, and it's a very, it's an older lady who is still at home independently and UTIs are a constant battle. And this is another, you know, she is at risk for falling all the time because when she has a UTI, she gets very confused. Um, particularly she starts to get lose track of days and nights and she starts wandering at nighttime, which as you can imagine is, is not safe. Um, she's walking around her house and it's dark. She's calling her kids confused on, on what's going on. She's opening the doors up and it's in the middle of the night mm -hmm. and almost always it's, it's a UTI. So they can be very devastating. Um, it's, it's amazing to me how a UTI can affect somebody, the, their whole entire body. And so drastically, it's not the way that we think of UTIs when we're, we're younger, um, right. They don't necessarily get the 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 typical symptoms of burning and frequency and that kind of thing. Usually, families note um, it's when they start start to see the mental status changes. Right, and I don't think um, I don't think the average person, you know, is even aware or knows anything about that. Um, I imagine you get quite a lot of um, families who are confused about what's going on with the person. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those, it's the go-to. As soon as you see some changes, ask them to have a, a urine test done. It's the first step, I feel like always when you notice a huge change in, um, in our older folks. Any kind of closing thoughts uh, or takeaways that you would like people to, to think about um, a couple things. I would like to throw a plug in for our, for do it. Um, so on Friday, the 24th, we're going to be hosting a, a free falls kind of open house, um, from 10 to four, we're going to just, people can come and, uh, be screened to see if they're considered to be a fall risk. Um, if they are identified as a fall risk, then we will, with their permission, contact their, their primary care doctors and let them know what we found. And if they're agreeable, get a, a PT referral. Um, and then we're going to offer a, a free exercise class from noon to one. Um, so Friday the 24th, 
just in a couple of weeks, we will be having the, the open house where we can check fall, check for falls and, and give a, an exercise class. Um, my other thoughts are that falls are, most of them are preventable. That's the whole, the whole point is we can prevent falls. Falls can be devastating. Um, as we've talked about, they can result in, in fractures and, and death even. Um, and most of them can be, be prevented with, with a lot of really kind of common sense and simple things that, that most people don't think about. Um, as a physical therapist, we can address the, the balance and the, the strength deficits, which, which start, um, which is a, a huge cause of falls. Um, vision, just getting your kind of yearly checkup, make sure that your glasses or your vision is where it needs to be. Um, that whole change to different kinds of lenses where we have uh, the bifocals and that kind of thing, making sure that that's a right fit for somebody because that can really cause some depth perception issues. Um, nutrition's huge, making sure that you're, you're staying properly, uh, getting the good foods in you, um, staying hydrated. Medicines, having your doctors just cross-check your medicines to make sure that they are not interacting or if you have a side effect that's making you feel uncomfortable, make sure you discuss that with your doctors. Um, simple things like footwear, you know, we see a lot of patients, I'm sure you see them that, that want to throw on the flip-flops or the, mm -hmm. the Crocs. <laughs> and so it's a, so it could be as simple as you just have to put on real shoes that, that cover your whole foot. Um, and, you know, your environment, uh, simple things. I've worked in home health for a very long time, pulling up throw rugs, making sure that there's no cords, making sure that lighting is adequate. Um, so falls are definitely preventable. And there's a lot of things that physical therapy can help with and your primary care doctors can help with and just, you know, educating that there's a lot of things that you can do to try to, to prevent falls. Excellent. And your open house, I didn't catch the, so it's the get -a -chew knee clinic. What's your state? Ohio. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> There's a get at you, oh, Ohio. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I'm an, I am an awful Columbus person. <laughs> so we are located in the Polaris area. So we're not to, we're on Antares, A-N-D-A-R-E-S Avenue. Um, just one street past the Polaris and Gemini Parkway intersection. Oh my goodness. You're literally just on the other side of town from me. Wow. Where are you? <laughs> oh, I'm over in uh, Galloway on the West side. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Love to stop by sometime. You'll have so, to. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for being on Amber and um, we'll look forward to, we'll look forward to your open house. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Medical Necessity. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with two of your friends. I'm executive producer and editor, Dr. Gina Kim, a licensed physical therapist. I'll see you next time.